When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jenikin. And we host Hollywood Crime Scene. Our show is about the salacious crimes and scandals of the rich and famous, from the early days of Hollywood to the 21st century. We also cover Los Angeles history, true events that inspired movies, interesting biographies, and more. At the end of the week, we drop our mini episode, which recaps the news everyone is talking about, plus the weirdest stories of the week from around the globe. We also talk about food a lot. Subscribe to Hollywood Crime Scene wherever you find podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com What are we doing? Voiced? Waterfall? Yeah. Well, I just did. How are we doing? That's going to be the intro. How are we doing, everyone? Uh, Sammy, United People's TV. I'm joined here tonight by Matt, by Neil, by Alex for episode six of the United People's Podcast. And I think, well, tonight we were, I was going to get Josh McLaren on to speak about Steve McLaren. And then sort of out of nowhere on Sunday, um, United gave us a little bit of a curveball about Ralph Radnick leaving the club. I mean, he was leaving as an interim manager, but we all expected him to carry on as a consultant. But that's been absolutely binned off. We're going to speak about that. We're all going to have give our opinions on, I suppose, Ralph Radnick as a whole. Because if you isolate him just as an interim manager, it was a spectacular failure. But there's, there's, there's more nuances to that. Um, make sure, wherever you listen to us, make sure you do follow the podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Amazon or Apple. I think you'd enjoy it. We're going to speak about John Murto after that. We'll speak about transfers, Kante. I've, I've got to speak about Kante. I don't really want to, but I'm going to. Uh, De Jong. I have a little talk about all of that. First things first, lads. What were you doing on Saturday night? Did you have a good weekend? Did you have a good Saturday night? Anybody? Watched a bit of telly. Huh? What, what, what was on telly? Anything Sport. good on telly? Yeah, well, I heard there was a really good performance. Uh, was it Camilla Cabello? Uh, it was really was appropriate. Was it? it was really, really appropriate. Well, for the people who actually got in, well, for the right? Camilla Cabello fans, I'm sure there were loads of them there. It's a huge cross section, millions, millions upon millions. Although they wouldn't have heard her sing because everybody was booing. They were singing their anthems over it, which was disgraceful behaviour. Really, I think it's acceptable. To be fair, it's, it's so out of context and inappropriate. I think just drown it out. And I felt a little bit sorry for her in the sense that she, I don't know, maybe ill-advised by her management. So this is probably probably not going to go down too well. It's not really what happens, and if so, it's not. You're probably not the right kind of music for that and she she might have said that and she might have fuck it i'm, I'm going <laughs> <Poor girl. laughs> but, but hello madrid right hello madrid and carlo and hello madrid hello madrid <laughs> 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 but it's hard to keep it isn't it we shouldn't be this is how liverpool used to be with us i don't give a fuck I, we're gonna do we it anyway so <laughs> ah well i tried to get that out of my system you know mate the, uh, fucking love real madrid Absolutely what, what, what an annoyingly successful club. Mm, 14. Ah, 14. 
that is amazing. They did win mm. the first five and back like back when everyone else was yeah, rubbish. To be right fair, after they got the in war, there nice and quickly. Right they got after in the war, nice right? Early, didn't they? When but what, but what England got me Germany was, were like, was the run, <laughs> the run they went on to get there. The oh, last amazing. minute goals and yeah, but, it's probably the it's probably the most impressive Champions League win ever, isn't it? Like the people they beat, how they beat them. I think so, yeah. and the way they beat yeah. them as well. That's that. Yeah. That I think it was. Uh, is it Man City? Two goals and one in eighty nine and one in ninety one. I think to get it the to amount of disrespect though they got in the lead up to that game big time. Uh, on Saturday was absolutely ridiculous. Like I mean, everyone just everyone in the media just writing them off like some minnows up against this deity of a manager with his fucking stupid new teeth and his stupid tracksuit. And uh, and you know they're the most successful club side in the in the world. They've got this habit of winning. It doesn't matter who they've got in their team. They've they've not got Ronaldo. Doesn't matter. Benzema's going to score all the goals. They got rid of Varane and Ramos. Doesn't matter. They've got uh, Militao and uh, whoever else. Verdi, whoever. And how good's that guy? It doesn't matter who they've got managing them. It doesn't matter. Mm. You know what 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 sponsor they got on the front of the shirt. They win. And uh, I was telling everyone that they were going to win that game on uh, on oh, Saturday. Don't come here like you're some sort. You're talking. <laughs> no, about mate. Look, I'm <laughs> usually wrong about most things when it comes to football, but. I just knew that Madrid were going to win that game, no matter I what. Really and, uh, well, I really didn't. Did. I thought it was Liverpool. No, I, I, did, I did not in any way, shape or no. form. But Ancelotti's won the European Cup in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s. What a bloke. Wow. Klopp's not got a great record in finals, right? I mean, they won two this year, but on penalties, and they rode their luck in both of them. Is is, is that a bit like um, uh, what's happened to them in the in the Champions League finals is that, is that a bit like us meeting Guardiola in <coughs> Barcelona when we lost two finals in three years I think no, it's a bit a different no because the quality of, foot, of of teams in across Europe outside of England at the moment is not that great right you've got PSG who are a little bit plastic and a little bit you know they're, they're, they're still going through that sort of mercenary phase that City went through before they found the right balance the two best teams are Liverpool and City but Real Madrid just like I said they've just got a, a culture of winning um, but there's certainly no club side in, in Europe right now that's as good as those uh, Barcelona teams were. Do, do, do you think Mbappe was sitting there watching a the game going, yeah. <laughs> that's ah, a, that's a weird one, isn't it, when you're drilled down in the numbers? That's just... It is a bit, but if you've got unlimited money and it's about saving oh, face, that, right? But... He's 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 probably, what, the he's probably the the cover of, the, of, of FIFA or whatever they're going to call that game moving forward <laughs> for the next, like, 10 years. And, you know, if you're a... If you're a if you've got unlimited money, it's about saving face. But I don't know. I, he, he, if I was him, I'd you know you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna have more money than you can spend, no matter who you play for. I would have gone. I mean, to he probably should have joined United, really. I mean, if he wants to win trophies, yeah. Well, I think yeah, unless yeah. he's had support United's United, United's youth team, is he still young enough to get in United's youth team? <laughs> well, look. Um, I mean, all jokes aside, it was that was pure schadenfreude on Saturday night and I, I reveled in every, and if you can't enjoy it, I don't care what anybody says, it doesn't matter how shit Ooh. you are, if you can't enjoy your rivals spectacularly failing, especially when everybody predicts them to win, you're in the wrong sport, ladies and gents. That's all oh, I Enjoying other people's downfall but, is a huge, huge part of it. Oh, huge, man. Come on. There's, 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 the only thing better than that is actually winning I think it it's yourself, almost on right? par now because I've got so used to not winning that I've now kind of accepted my, this bitter little man that I've become. I think they're almost in <laughs> the uh, the first time in, in the tournament's history that the winners and losers both had a parade on the same day. I just <laughs> what, what do you think to that? Because going back with United growing up, we didn't have that many parades, did we? Really? No, two thousand eight. Do you remember what happened there? So, so two thousand eight. I, I didn't realize. Well, I did realize, but I couldn't remember. But <clears throat> the council in Manchester didn't allow us to have a parade in two thousand and eight because Rangers lost the UEFA Cup in Manchester and tore the city apart. So for oh. safety, they didn't allow a parade okay. after that Dublin in 2008, which is a bit of bullshit, isn't it? I reckon. I reckon they that? just yeah. didn't. You see, the, obviously, they saw the city one. I reckon it's just to put one over on mm. city. Like, even if we are even if we don't win, look at our turnout compared to what you can muster with the 18 people that turned up when you did. I, I, I know I'm going to sound, I'm going to very much join you in the little, in the bitter little man Come category, but did you see how many people turned out for Nottingham Forest? It literally was probably more, about 10 times more than City could have turned out. It's almost like the Riga Club. Yeah, yeah. The, thing, the thing with Liverpool, the thing with Liverpool <laughs> with these like parades and stuff with them, it's just such a weird like cult. It's like who can be the biggest fan? It's like one upmanship all the time. Like, you know, you got to be at the, uh, you got to be at the parade, mate. And they're all got like, They've got they've got the stupid red red from head to toe, the caps, the joggers, everything. 
You know, the I can't wait for the they've got. What, what is it? Let's say like, let's say 2020, 2025, you there full kit, flare in each hand, <laughs> paint on your face. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? I'll have like had a brain, yeah, a brain injury you. or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, 2025, that's a bit of a, that's a bit optimistic. But, um, the state of those <clears throat> banners though, some of those banners, they don't even make any sense. You know, they're sat there in a pub drinking fucking Fosters and come up with these ridiculous slogans. Yeah. Justice Anything, prevailed. Yeah, justice, justice did prevail, and, and uh, Hala Madrid, and just just Hala Madrid. Thank you very much for that, lads. I appreciate that. That could have been Doom, but it wasn't Doom. But um, it's Doom for someone at the club, and his name's Ralph Radnick, right? Uh, I wouldn't say it's come as a major shock, as a major surprise, but my initial reaction to it was one of frustration, uh, one of, all right, here we go again. It's like another decision by the club that feels a little bit disjointed. But the whole thing, if we're being completely objective, it's been a bit of a clusterfuck from the start. From him coming in, from him not bringing in Lars Kornetka, to us going and getting Chris Armas, to the first game being brilliant, to it all sort of unravelling past that point. The champion, after, after we got knocked out by Atletico, it was game, set and match for the season, wasn't it? And then he started to get more direct in his press conferences. Us as fans loved what he was saying, but... No one could argue with the football. I mean, he's got the lowest win percentage out of any manager we've had in the Premier League. We won two out of the last nine, the Brighton 4-0. But I still expected him to stay on. Uh, Matt, I'll come to you first here. I think that the main thing I want to focus on here is your opinion, first of all, on the Ragnick situation. And second of all, uh, where do you think the decision's been made from? Is this, gonna be, is this a decision that's been made by the club? Has Ragnick done this because the club's not giving him clarity? Is it Ten Hag that's done this because he doesn't want him to be part of his setup? You know, what's your reaction to the whole Ragnick situation? For me, I think he's done the first six months of Eric's job. I think uh, he's he's cleared the pathways. He's set the tone, the new structure for the club. Uh, that shit's not going to be allowed to happen anymore. You don't control when your hairdresser comes in the changing room now. You're not going to do these silly dances. It's a football club. I think he set that tone. Like I said, on the football side, it's been a disaster. It's been pretty good on and, the dancing that, side, though, to be fair. <laughs> I've not seen any videos, to be honest with you, Neil. So uh, you can share those with me later. But the football side, no, he's, it's been shocking. But the players have to take a massive look at themselves for the last three or four months. I was there at Everton away, there at Liverpool away, even Palace away. And just the effort, come on, just come on. And a lot of those players who played against Palace are staying, by the sounds of it, from what we've yeah. been told. So, But for me, he's done the first six months of Eric's job. I've heard no rumours or seen no rumours of why he's left or who's booted him out or has he left on his own accord. I've done a bit of research on him because I'm quite silly like that. He's, he's got money. He's got $10 million, according to him. That's his net worth. So money's not a factor with him. Uh, he's not. He says he's done a lot. His major plus point outside of United is raising the value of Red Bull from the value of one, I think I've read 120 mil, then the brand's now worth 1.2 billion on that side of it. So maybe we've got rid of someone that, and Richard Arnold and the people at the boardroom thought he was a uh, a nuisance, not probably another word than that, but someone who's yeah, but a nuisance. It's, it, 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 it's, 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 that, it's that debate whether you think that, that that was the reason they kicked him out. I would like to think it wasn't, but I think because we're all, as we are now as United fans, we're naturally pessimistic. We're naturally cynical about anything that happens at the club. We think there's self-interest leading that decision, right? Alex, what, what, what's your take on this Randy situation? Did you expect him to stay on as a consultant or are you, are you sort of like, well, there you go. I kind of expected that. Well, pretty indifferent, mate, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'm, I take a little bit harsher of an angle when it comes to Rangnick. I think he's a, a narcissist. I think a lot of the stuff that he said about the players is just, is just an ass covering um, you know, um, strategy for him to to sort of shift the blame off him for how bad we've been and just how dreadful the performances and the results have been. Um, you know, you don't throw players under the bus in in public. That's just never been that's never been something successful managers do, no matter what's going on behind the scenes. Um, you know, when Jose did it uh, with with Shaw, it was on a much sort of smaller scale. He's been out in the whole group. He's been just basically saying that 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 they're not good enough and that they need a whole new squad. And uh, I'm happy to see the back of him, to be honest. I think he's done amazingly well to get away from here with his reputation intact. Because, But do you think he's terms... lied, though? Alex, do you think he's lied for what he said about the players? Well, um, they ca- well, look, 
No, they're obviously there's obviously some cultural issues in the dressing room, but they're not as bad as they've looked over this last you know mm. three or four months. That, that's for sure. And I just think that he's um, he's come in. He's realised that it was a, a difficult job. He's had an absolute shitter. The players didn't respect him, and he's and he's thrown them under the bus to 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 shift the blame. That that's kind of how I see it. But <clears throat> I mean, you're basically focused on that point of view. There, you're focusing on the footballing perspective. But in yeah. my opinion, <clears throat> I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You don't hire a man who's been a man- a football manager for 18 months out out of the last 10 years. If your yeah, main that. focus, but now he's if, gone. If your main focus I mean, why, is why didn't they? Why didn't they just let Carrick, you know, give it give it Carrick to the season? And I have, don't know whether Carrick and have decided to be well, or anyone. Any, why bring him in and set him up with the chance that he could fail? I mean, if you know, if he came in and he won all the, you know, every game we finished third and we, you know, won a trophy or whatever, he'd end up he'd end up with a permanent job. If he's come in and crashed and burned, he's out the door. If he come in as a consultant above a interim manager and pulled some strings it would have been a success possibly but they just this the whole every decision this football club makes is is just seems to go wrong i mean i i like to think neil that this this i i said that uh <clears throat> eric ten Hag arriving was the closing of a book and the opening of a new one i didn't realize there was a little bit at the end of the book and that was this ragnick situation which is now sort of blown up <clears throat> i i personally think that we've on the surface of it we've lost a voice uh, of uh, and a man who, as I said, he's built his career successfully. He's done it in multi. He's done it in, in two or three different clubs and built them up from a strategic and a structural point of view, which are two key downfalls of United. But what it looks like now, in, in my opinion, this is what it looks like. I think the club never really clarified Ragnick. I think it was kind of like a da- a, kangle, a carrot that got dangled. I'm not sure whether they ever truly actually wanted him as a consultant in the first place. And second of all, they never really clarified what that role was going to be to the point where Ragnick decided six days a month he's going to start looking elsewhere. He got the Austria job. And even a month ago, we got the announcement of that. And the club was like, yeah, all right, cool. It can still work. And then Ten Hag's come and he's like, nah, mm. no thanks. I don't well, want that. I, and I think ultimately, ultimately it's Eric who's I, I agree with that. Yeah, and I agree with, I, I agree with Alex. I think this was... I'm, I'm pleased he's gone. I mean, he... I mean, look, positives. Quite a nice, kind face. He looks really good in cashmere. I think he's that's and it kind of stopped, but he's really shit at all the football stuff. And like, we I know you kept, kept United colors of Benetton in business, good. he does really well. So, it's sort of pastels in particular, really set his eyes off. So, that's the positives. But I know, Sam, you've been sort of you're quite fanboy about Ralph anyway. You called him Ralph for one thing. I call him Ralph. I do, I, I do, I do, I, call him Ralph. I, I don't know. I think it's because because we've had such a lack of um of voices, I suppose, as fans in terms of the how the running of our club is. I felt that, that Ralph was a I'll good person Ralph. to have just in call there. Call him Ralph Rangnick. It's too, it's too personal I'll just call him Ralph. It's too personal name. for you. First name. I'm on first name terms. <laughs> no, I, look, he's got it. I think it was Eric. I think he's come in. See, Eric. I Stop calling him Eric. Him Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I know what time my players are. No, I reckon Ten Hag's come in just gone, like, no. Like, I don't need a consultant. I've, I've got, I, I, I'm going to do it my way. I'm bringing my people in. Have that chat. Got some feedback on it. But how much are you gonna? How much are you gonna read into that feedback from someone that has been such a catastrophic failure on the pitch? Yeah, you go great. Yeah, exactly. well, why am I gonna listen to you? You've been absolute bobbins. You know, yes, you look good in cashmere, but that's not enough. I'm not, <laughs> you can consult on my wall. The writing, the writing was on the wall a bit, right? When he Ten Hag got asked about it, and he said uh, he's got he's got, he's got this real hard man sort of way about him, doesn't he? And he was like, "That's up to the club." It was like the hard man equivalent. Yeah, well, and it was I'll like, tell you, yeah, Eric, Eric Ten Hag's angry face is Hector Salamanca. It is. It's like, he's like, he's angry at his top lip. He's like, yeah. mate, Ten like Hag strikes me as this sort of guy who who wants to always be the smartest man in the room. He just strikes me as arrogant and has this aloof way about him that he knows fucking everything about everything. And but that's the Dutch manner, right? So he's definitely- Sorry, did I say Ten Hag? I meant to say yeah. Rangnick. If I said Ten Hag, oh. I meant to say Rangnick. And I just reckon he'd be a pain in the ass for someone like Ten Hag who wants to come in and and put a stamp on on it. So I'm glad he's gone. It's been a it's been a huge failure. Good riddance, whatever. So you so so no none, none of you three or maybe Matt you would would you not take any positives from the Ragnick situation? I take the positives and as I mentioned it last week and I I probably it come back to bite me on the ass. But I think there's a plan and I think he's part of that plan. Not not part of it, but he's put the plan into place. Uh, they said the football's been diabolical. If you look at the football side of it, you could have looked at Carrick. He could, I think there was Conte, wasn't there at the time? I think he was out of a job, similar to yeah. Ralph. 
and look what he's doing. And that we'll come on to that later, I guess, with Spurs. But with Ranier, no, uh, thank you. Handshake. I, I, I generally believe, look at the shit we've been dealt up for the last six or seven years of stuff. And I think he's coming. He's been a breath of fresh air in the press conferences. Like you said, he's a media man. He's given us what, some of it, like Jesse Lingard, like the days off that he's asked. He's, he's telling that how he is. He's telling what he's have to put up with on a Monday, a Tuesday, or a Thursday. Players are asking me for days off after being in Dubai for 10 days. He's just telling yeah. it how it is. And that, that, that side that, of it. That's, that's your yeah. one skill. What, one or I mean, two. That's not... I know, that's just my one skill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Maybe that's the one thing I'm taking out of it. But we, we're not privy to that usually. And uh, I agree with Alex with regards to calling players out. No, that didn't work for Jose. I think sometimes, as I mentioned last week, there needed to be a reset button. And maybe this is the reset button, calling the players out, getting rid of yeah. five, six, seven. He but, said, I mean, um, the... "He said from now on, players will do their rehab in Manchester." And that was that was yeah. right up at the beginning, right? That was when Poggy would get his yeah, convenient yeah. little calf strain at Christmas yeah. and get three three weeks in in Dubai. And he and he said that's that's ending. And you know, there's so many so many things that like that that just have been endemic in this football club. That if if him flagging them means that that changes in it and and it improves down the line, then that would be a positive. But yeah, I, all in I, all. I, I, th- I think at like various points over the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, I've said, and I remember saying it, uh, this, this, is, this is the bottom of the barrel. This is as low as it gets. And somehow someone's knocking out the bottom of that barrel and finding a new depth. And can we keep finding new depths? Can it go any I'd lower? Like to think, I'd like to think that this is the fucking, was it the Oceana, what's the name of that? Ariana Trench? Yeah, Trench? Mariana Trench. Area, I said Ariana Trench. That was close enough. Anyway. Ariana Grande. <laughs> Camilla Cabello. That trench, the trench is pretty grande, to be fair. To <laughs> but look, I, this has to be as low as we can go, right? I think Surely. we can find new depths. It, we keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do. I don't want to go any deeper. Well, so, hey. <laughs> I uh, I don't think it can get any worse than it than it was the last six months. No. I, yeah, don't I think, think we've, so. I think we've we've bottomed out. Well, that's that's, that's good news, but um. So now Ragnit's gone, as I said, I, I call him Ragnit, there you go, I didn't call him Ralph, but look, I, I, I genuinely, I wouldn't change anything that's happened since November. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, I'm, I'm happy that the situation the club is in now, I, I don't know whether Ten Hag may, you're right then, if Carrick had fucking blitzed it, to, uh, come in, we got top four and we won the FA Cup, I guarantee you there was a genuine chance of him becoming manager again and we would have, you know that and that was a fear that everybody had about Carrick, no matter how good that Chelsea, Villarreal and, and Arsenal game were, we were all saying it at the time, like, well, we can't make that same mistake again. And we haven't. And it's been spectacularly awful. We made a different mistake. Awful. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we've managed to <laughs> avoid that fuck up by crashing the car into a different wall. Yeah. Um, but now we've got Eric Ten Hag in and I'll tell you, John Murto, right, is basically the man around which all of this relies. Uh, so Matt Judge has left. We know all the structures that have happened, uh, the tr- structural changes that have happened behind the scenes at United, right? John Murto is is now in a position of incredible power at United. James Ducker did an article on the uh, on the Telegraph today, sort of deep diving into the backroom staff changes, Richard Arnold's plans, and John Murto is is taking over sort of first team operations, the women's team recruitment. Uh, the staff. He's got like seven different jobs or eight different jobs now. Andy O'Boyle is going to come in. I think. I think he's head of elite performance at the Premier League. Going to come in, take a lot of his day to day away from him. But um, <clears throat> effectively, the success of Eric Ten Hag very much depends on the success of John Murto behind the scenes. Certainly in this summer, and actually getting the recruitment right. Neil, the, how much faith do you have in in John Murto? I think if you're looking at how it's been so far, I think John Murto's he's done a lot of good, right? There was there was some, some a lot of uh, cynical points of view and a lot of pessimism about when he was appointed when John, when Richard Arnold was appointed it was just going to be Edward would be two both of them but I think a lot of good stuff has happened under his watch how much confidence have you got that because we're allowing John Murto to effectively you know learn on the job which we've been doing for a long time we all have been asking for best in class but it seems like John Murto is going to be given that responsibility do you think? What's your take on that? Is that is that another risk that well, it is a risk United are taking? Do you think it's a risk that will pay off? What's your what What do you think? Hello? Oh no! What's going on? Anybody there? It's the red button, Neil. Oh, he's muted his microphone. What's he done? Is he? <laughs> no, he's not me. 
this is what happens when on the internet, Jesus Christ. This is embarrassing. And Alex, you can take over then. What do you think about John Murto whilst Neil tries to fix his microphone? <laughs> well, as soon as you as soon as you said Neil, I stopped listening, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I look. I'm optimistic. I was I was just like you. I um, I thought he was just another money man, and and his his resume is basically that, right? He's basically a banking banking background, but it seems like he's really taken an interest in in the footballing side. And to be honest with you, United should be making more revenue now than, than than they currently are if if there was investment in the football side of things and we were still we were still one of the elite clubs on the field um we'd probably have gone from strength to strength i mean we've been making half a billion revenue for like the last god knows how long since as long as i can remember it doesn't seem to have gone up much in in the you know under the glazer stewardship so he potentially realizes that look the money's to be made um in success Kids these days want to see star players. They want to see them performing well. They want to see, you know, exciting performances, exciting goals. We need to always be adding new fans. I mean, gone are the days of of just you know handing down support to your to your kids. There's there's tons of kids out there just picking teams based on you know, based on results and based on what they see on FIFA and YouTube highlights and all these things. So, you know, we need to have a joined up strategy, and football needs to be at the centre of that. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I've. I hope it works out, but it feels like United are taking a risk again by what they're by the path that they're going with Andy O'Boyle coming in. Hopefully, that will take away quite a lot of the day to day responsibilities away from John Murto. He's casting a good image so far. You know, in the same way that Eric Ten Hag came in, he he was working on United literally the day after Ajax won won the league. That sets a good tone straight away. I think John Murto's set quite a good tone so far. Neil, have you managed to fix your microphone? Maybe I can ask your opinion on this. Oh, oh no. no! No, what about Matt? We better get a bow. No, no, Matt. Matt's not working either. Who are these two amateurs? <laughs> My God, it's just me and you, Alex. We can, we can, we can, we can make this run on our own. He's, not only, not only is his mic not working, he's buggered off. He's... <laughs> <laughs> Neil, oh. you're gonna have to rejoin. Hopefully, Matt. Hopefully, Matt's back in the game now. Hear me now. Oh, hear me now. Hear me now. Back in the game, Neil. You're gonna have to rejoin, my friend. My word. Amateurs. It's basically we've turned into United against Brighton this game, this podcast, haven't we? <laughs> For me, the jury's out on John Murta. There you go. I'm, I'm moving on from last season. I thought we drew a line under it last week. Well, so John Murta. Oh, well, <laughs> back to John Murta. No, my bad. My bad. Uh, no, the jury's out for me. Uh, we talk about best in class, but a bloke who's worked for Everton, Coventry, and Fulham. It's and you look at the roles in there. Uh, He's been academy manager at United, director of development, and now he's director of football. And like you said, he's got five or six or seven positions under him. Uh, he, he's doing... to, be fair, to be fair to him, he did. Uh, if you're looking at the academy restructure we've had over the last six, five, six years, he was quite a central part of that in, in the early in the re- early redevelopment. There's, of it. there's levels in life, then, isn't there? That maybe that's his level. It wasn't he academy. David Moyes' director of football at Everton? Uh, uh, that, I, I, you know, you know, if you're playing, would I lie to you? I reckon I'm going to put that one down there. I think he was. It's, I might be. I don't know. So I, I thought I'd made that point about the Youth Academy twice uh, on this already, not knowing <laughs> that no one could hear me. Well, welcome back, Neil. I can, I can hear you. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> well, actually, it's not wonderful. He uh, it's actually. I'm just reading about it. He was with Moyes at Everton, and he actually joined United with Moyes. Is that right? Has he been at United since? Did, did Moyes bring him to United? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know the roots of John Murto. Maybe I'll look into it a bit more. I, I I suppose I'm not looking at it as, as from a, a pessimistic point of view as you, Matt. I think, no, I think what, I've, what, what I've seen since November has been pretty impressive, right? Well, the, the, amount of, the amount of change at the club has been good. No, and I get that. I'm just talking about levels in life where people go. Uh, people have thresholds of what their ability is. Yeah, but people would have said that about, I don't know, Pep Guardiola, about Jurgen mm. Klopp until they started stepping up and going yeah. to new levels. People said that about Jedward. <laughs> <laughs> And, oh, the, I mean, and the jury's still out there. Murto's been at United since 2013, so a decade. He's been head of football development since 2016, so he's part of the failure. Um, all right, he probably hasn't had as much say under you know when Woodward was there in terms of transfer strategy and, and ultimately making decisions. And I think he's made some good decisions since he's been given a bit more um, a bit more authority. So yeah, let's let's see how it goes. I suppose I suppose the ultimate uh, the acid test for him is going to be it's just his transfer window, isn't it? It's just whether or not United can act different in this transfer window. Obviously, we've, we've been linked to plenty of players. Alex, you want to say something there? I was going to say, do you lads think we are going to act differently? We've, I think this has been one of the things that we've talked on almost every pod is just 
can we do things differently this summer? And, and I mean, we have to quickly and bring in the right sort of players, you know, young, hungry players. We've got to, right? If you look at, if you look at what's going on, you've got, uh, obviously City got Haaland, they've got that done. Even Leeds have signed someone for like 30 mil from fucking Red Bull Salzburg. Spurs have got Perisic. Spurs have got Perisic on a free. Uh, Dortmund, they signed five fucking players. They've really gone ham since they've sold Haaland. It's, the, the way the market's moving, Spurs have been given 150 mil from their capital partners that's been released. That's going to go in towards Conte. Chelsea have just got new owners. They're going to spunk it big. Liverpool, that looks like they're selling Mane. They'll probably bring in a replacement for him. Don't know what's going on there. City, they're going to make a couple more signings. Arsenal, eh, we don't need to mention Arsenal. But United are going to have to move swift, right? Uh, it, it's, it's that difference. As I said, this at the end of this summer transfer window, we'll be able to all confidently say whether John Murto is good or bad at his job, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you've also, you mentioned transfers in. I think a big one this summer is transfers out and getting some value back in so we can spend it wisely. Dean Henderson. Well, we've got like 25 mil for Dan James. Come on, do that again somewhere else. Yeah. But Dean Henderson, obviously there's talks of him going. Uh, Tony, obviously Tony Martial's back in. He'll be back in Manchester the 27th of June. Hey, Martial's got <laughs> but anybody, anybody who says that he deserves another chance, I want to bang my head against a brick wall. He could deserve a, new manager, a new manager comes in. <laughs> a new manager comes in. Isn't it a clean slate with a new manager? Uh, it is no, a bit. No. You, you, you could say that if you want, but in, in the same vein that if, if... Okay, would you say the same thing about Paul Pogba if he signed a new contract? Yeah. Is I it? would. With Pogba, for me... He's got the ability to be the third best player in the world. It's completely attitude with him. Waiting for the butt. No, it's completely attitude. There is a butt always, but attitude. It's all. It's, he's got the ability to do it week in, week out, but it's on his terms. Oh, that's yeah. why he's not. Like it's, it's, it's all linked to mm. attitude, ability. It's, you need all of it to be... Okay. We're, not, we're not a better yeah. squad without him. I mean... Just. Just I don't think we're. I don't think we're much worse though. I don't it, think. It, I don't think it affects could, the quality of our starting eleven. Thinking what we could then spend that wage money on, like you can probably get two or three players. There's some wages going out this summer, isn't there? Let's yeah. face it with Cavani and Pogba. Lingard was on over a mill a week. Is it really? Huh? There you yeah, go. it's over a mill a week between Mata, Pogba, Lingard, Matic, and Cavani. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, some, it's, that's and that's without recouping some money as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, I mean, Chelsea looks like he's off to. Well, it looks like Mourinho Roma. might be doing. Go on, Mourinho. Always be... he said, what do you think about Mourinho winning the? Uh... You see him crying after the Europa Conference final. Yeah. I was quite happy for him, man. I, I, was, I, man, I still I love him. Are. I still love yeah. him. I can't help it. He's brilliant. He was. He, you, you, we all knew what he was when he came in. You were all just like because I remember when we were linked with we were linked with Mourinho after Fergie retired, and we were like, "Fuck that." We were we were all sitting on our high horses, champions of the league. We we're like, "We're not going anywhere near that." We're United. We're too good for Mourinho. A few years later, we're there begging on our knees, going, "Jose." please save us. And he comes in and we're like crossing our fingers going, just, you'll be different at United, won't you? This, this, is, this is the club where you're going to be different. You want that legacy and then, oh, well, you know what happened. Well, he'll, be, he'll be out of Roma by the end of next season. Hmm. Right, this, is, this is classic Mourinho, but he's, you know, Spurs, Spurs was his absolute bottom. I mean, sacked just before a final. Yeah. Um, and that that's his thing, right? He, could, he would probably have won that because that's what he, he, that's what he does. He sets up and he, he might have found his level in Roma because they uh, they absolutely love him. He's going to end up with a statue there. They, that's only the second time they've won a European competition, right? How did they, do, the how did they do in the league? Oh, right. No, I think it's the second time they've won a European competition. Uh, well, who won it this year? Uh, AC won it this year. I, I think they were like fourth, fifth. Yeah. I don't, they don't think they did that well. What do you win? Do you go into the Europa League by winning the Conference League? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. I think so. So he's taken over Spurs in Italy, basically. Yeah, and I think he's playing Spurs in preseason. But look, yeah, I, I was quite happy for him. You see him driving a bus after the yeah. day after. Yeah, I mean, Jose literally parking the a bus. of irony there. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the bus, can we just all take a moment to say thank you to Richarlison for what was probably the best tweet of all time? Good shit, Harry. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just wanted to say that. Just want to say thank you very much, Richarlison, for that. But look, um, look, speaking about transfers, you know, we're on, on the pod this summer, we're going to try and not sort of get too stuck into the I don't know, the day-to-day, oh, that's what I do on United People's TV on the, on the channel. So I'd rather not just waffle on about the transfers again here because it's going to go up and down. But one name that's come up this week, which has definitely caused debate, and that's N'Golo Kante. You know, at 31, he's still, on his day, when he's fit, still probably the best player in the world in his position. In his position. There's probably 
not been many better signings in the Premier League over the last 10 years than N'Golo Kante for what he did at Leicester, what he's done at Chelsea, won the World Cup, won the, he's, done, he's done it all. But he's getting linked to United and the fact that we need a defensive midfielder. And on the one hand, you're like, it's N'Golo Kante. Yeah, hell yeah. On the other hand, you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, this, this is another one of those signings of somebody who's a little bit too old. Their best years are probably behind them. They've got some injury niggles. I'm just a, I'm concerned that this might fall into that category again, Neil, that it's just going to be another one of those signings that, I don't know, like a Schweinsteiger, yeah. like, a, like a Falcao, rather than somebody who can really change on midfield. I, I was initially quite, yeah, quite, not annoyed the wrong word, but kind of like a bit nonplus. But the more I've thought about it, the more I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's 31. It's not like he's, he's not exactly in the knackers yard. He's 31 years old. Perisic is 31. He's just gone to Spurs and everyone's lauding Perisic's that. like 30. Three, isn't he? Is he? I thought he was 31. Let me just make sure. Let me just embarrass oh, yeah. you. Really. 33. Abysmal research, Neil. Right, I'm going to pretend my mic doesn't work again. for another So, he's, so he's, he's actually older, which is even proven Neil's point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's a good point. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. I didn't Best have to wear it. You're welcome. But no, I, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's had his injury niggles, but it's, it's also, you're not going to be able to go out and just completely sign I mean, who who would you want instead? I mean, you're thinking Declan Rice. Hey, it's absolutely him. mad that we're debating Phillips it. I'd have him in a lead. I'd have him in a heartbeat. Yeah, me too. Right. Uh, to start snap off with, though, him up. My first know. reaction was we should have three or four years ago. This feels like a United thing now, but like the United of old, we would have got him three or four years ago, and we would have got the absolutely brilliant. He's but he still is brilliant. absolutely brilliant. And the right. ironic thing is that basically Pogba going. Pogba is brilliant for France because he plays alongside Kante. <laughs> and that, <laughs> could that be more player. United? Could that be more United? Now we could we fixed the Pogba problem. The only the only sort of downside to that is he's Pogba gone. doesn't play for. <laughs> yeah, he's finally unlocked Pogba, unlocked the door so much that he's fucking walked straight through it. Yeah, but no, I, I would I would take him in a heartbeat. Depends on what he's what they want for him. Was he free? Um, I know. I suppose that's that's the second question, right? Is that do you, do you think that Chelsea would actually sell him to us? Because uh, oh, is he is he I, not out of contract? I thought he must. No, be out he's of got contract. he's got one year left. I think twenty twenty three his contract runs out. So he's probably looking somewhere in the region yeah. of twenty to thirty. They sold us matter, didn't it's, they? Uh, you look up. Be looking. It's his last payday, isn't it? That's what he's going to be looking at as well as a player. I think this again going back to John Murta. This is where you go to Canton. You give him a two year deal. None of this four year stuff. That we mm. used to do with Schweinsteiger and others and Falcao. I don't think Falcao was four years, to be fair. But with this Kante, give him two years. Like, do, do you, all, do you remember I'm pretty sure there was a time at United when anybody over 30 only ever got a one year yeah, renewal. Yeah. 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 One year rolling deal. That was when it? everybody wanted to play for us. And it was, yeah, yeah. you know, you were, you were glad to get that chance. It's true. But yeah, I, th- I think my initial reaction was one of like, hmm, because I'm looking at maybe someone like Conrad Lehmer from Leipzig, who's 25, just turned 25, similar style of player to Kante, who's got his best years ahead of him. I suppose it depends whether you think Declan Rice really is the man for that position at United. And if that is the case, then Kante is your stepping stone until Declan Rice's price come down, comes down like 50 million at least. To, in, in, in the time. Again, when it does, we'll be saying he's past his prime. Like this. <laughs> yeah. we'll, be, we'll sign Declan Rice... Yeah, in like four years, Harry Declan Kane as well. Won. Just get him up there. Would you all take Declan Rice? Hmm? Yeah, would you I'd all take have him? him in a heartbeat. Oh, I'd rather yeah. have Kante, given top, the choice. No, top you one. would not. I would. Top one. Well, if, what you're choosing this summer, if you could, regardless of price, you choose Kante over Rice. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd put that in a bad yeah, I love uh, Rice. I, Rice. I like Rice. I think he's very underrated. I love Rice. Basmati. He's good as well. Yeah, <laughs> Roy Quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. What's his pod doing? Juan Basmata. <laughs> I've got to stop it now. Jeez. I, I don't want to keep going on that. No, that's this. Tony no, Pilau and the goal. Yeah. God, I'm gonna, I need to speak about something quickly before Axe is having far too much fun here. But look, Kante, do you think Chelsea would sell into us? Yes or no? Yeah. I think there's history there between the two clubs, Mata, Matic. Uh, didn't, we sell, didn't we sell them for Ron? Uh, well, yeah, Alex, by the way, looks like you've joined the uh, microphone's gone off gang. No, I was talking to the missus. Oh, if carry on. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll carry on, I was talking to the missus. Well, I think they will sell him to us if they want to cash in on a player who's going to leave on a free since they're a, a smartly run fucking business. <laughs> I suppose that's a fair point, right? If they don't sell Kante this summer, he's gone on a free and they don't get anything for him. 
right? Yeah, I mean, th- it's like Rudiger, right? I, th- I thought we had a good chance to get Rudiger, and Real Madrid have snapped him up. So there'll be if if Kante's available, there'll be no end of good clubs looking mm. looking to see if they can bring him in. The odds of him choosing us, if there are suitors out there, like you know, whether it's Bayern or God forbid Liverpool or someone. But, I suppose, right? If if you, if you then look at Kante and, and then you think, <clears throat> I mean, I, the reality of this happening might be slim. Ish, but then when you more think about it, it, could happen. You could have Kante and De Jong, right, uh, as a partnership at United. This De Jong situation is coming, though. I mean, it's already again. We're talking about mistakes that we might make. Yeah, and this feels like it, it depends on the. So headline writers say some of the language is a little bit flowery, to say the least. As in, like Eric Ten Hag is yeah. begging him to come. As like, I'm sure he's not begging him. I think he's probably mentioned it and said, "I yeah. think it'd be really good." It's like when you go, "Do you want to come out for a drink?" And someone says, "No," you're not begging them. You're going, "I'll oh, go on." <laughs> and then they go no and you go come on and then they go all right then it's probably more like that than he's actually begging on his knees <laughs> but it does it feels it doesn't feel good that we're having to ask repeatedly it seems but it but it, it, is that a sort of uh, just an acceptance or, or a non-acceptance of the fact that united really are just not that just not that club anymore not right now anyway but that's the that's the that's the that's, the, that's how it's sold though isn't it we want to be that club again you're a big part of that project and Which is the concept, I think. Is, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know why he's that fucking obsessed by Champions League football. He's only he just played Europe, Europa League football with Barcelona. He's like, it's one season. That's the, I think that's what he's saying to him. He goes, look, don't worry about it. One it's season. What had, it's what he's actually said. Ten yeah. That's, uh, that, oh, I presume that's how the conversation's gone. Yeah, I, supposedly I so. Um, do you think, do you think, because everyone's talking about the fact they won't leave Barca, but if you look at Barca's finances, they really are screwed. Mm-hmm. They've got like two players. They, they're about to sign Marcus Alonso from Chelsea for free, I think. Uh, they've already got... Uh, I don't know who else they got for free. Someone else they got Christensen. for free. Christensen. There's a couple more players they can't register. They need to do one of three things. There's um, there's a deal, really weird deals I've never heard of in football before. They're going to try and sell off 10% of their future broadcast revenues in a bulk, in a bulk upfront payment. Or they're going to sell part of their licensing merchandising as a bulk upfront payment. Or they've got something called Bass Studios, which is some sort of event venue. that's like 15 minutes away from the new camp. They need something to balance their books. How did they get in this situation? um, They just, what, mate, they paid like 120 for Dembele, 130 for Coutinho. They gave insane wages. They just went absolutely mental. They went full David O'Leary. Yeah, they went properly mad and no budget and then went, oh, jeez. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. No. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No. <laughs> uh, lads, uh, lads I, I think I've, I think, I think I messed up the numbers. <laughs> I think I made a mistake. <laughs> no, no. Uh, anyway, it's a shame for them. But um, if they don't do one of those deals where they sell off part of the club, then De Jong has to has to be sold. Like they have no other way of balancing their books. There was another guy whose name briefly escapes me. The guy you interviewed. A couple of weeks ago. Oh, Graham Hunter. Graham Hunter, thanks. Didn't he say that De Jong's literally the only one that can get any money that they they won't miss? The, the yeah, no, it's, it's because of, because well, of we the definitely stru- get him then because of the structure of Spanish football and they've got elected presidents. Uh, they very they very much are political institutes at the same time as being football clubs. So they have to do something because they're elected by people. They have to do what the people want. They can't just do what they want. Otherwise, they won't get elected. They just get kicked out. Yeah. So they can't sell Gavi or Pedri because they're uh, or Ansu Fati, who are like the three of their. Yeah. Kids who are going to be the new team going forward. The best young, by the way, in football. Or Ansu Fatty. Fatty. Yeah. Fatty Titty? I don't know. Fatty Titty. Fatty and Titty. Jesus. <laughs> My uh, best comedy midfield. Fatty. Shitu. Doodoo. Well, are you trying to think of the best team? No, the, the slightly sort of the, the rudest. Oh, the rudest team. Words okay. that you can come up with. Okay, that's terrible. Probably um, the section. But I've got one more point written down here, Matt. I'll bring you back in, seeing as we're talking absolute garbage right now, which is probably making for a good pod. I like, I like things anyway. But um, it, this summer, right, there's no doubt that we need to sign an attacker. Uh, I don't think anybody will disagree with that. You can't rely on 37-year-old Ronaldo next year. Ideally, Ronaldo, you get him playing once a week. Peak Ronaldo. He'll bang in goals every week in the Premier League. Happy days. But if you had the choice between signing like a proper striker, like a pure number nine this this summer, or somebody who's got a bit more versatility, somebody can play there, but can also play on the right-hand side. What are you, what are you going for? Because I think it's a bit of a... I'm seeing a bit of a debate among United fans about what exactly what we need. It's either a few goal, pure goal scorer or someone who can play sort of across the front three positions. What I think, for me, striker all day long. I think we need another striker. 
Uh, obviously, with Marcus doing what he's doing, Cavani's leaving, Mason, that's another story. It's just a case of where we're shopping for this striker, which concerns me. Where are we shopping? It's, either, it's Darwin Nunez or, as far as we know, anyway, it's Darwin Nunez from Benfica or Christopher Nkunku from Leipzig. But and that's why, why are I we put... not looking at Jimenez? I don't know. Jimenez. Jimenez would be great. You're going to be second fiddle to Ronaldo, right? You're not going to be starting every game. You're not going to go... Jimenez is an out-and-out striker. I think he'd be brilliant. Yeah. Any, any, any other names anyone wants around the hat? Uh, the La Martinez from Inter. And one I'm going to chuck in left field, which I've seen... Most, I've not watched him all the time, but Morelles at Rangers. Just for the absolute shithousery we'd cause every week. <laughs> Morelles. Can you imagine him at Liverpool away? It'd be absolute carnage. Yeah, it'll be a red card within like nine minutes. But he scores goals. He plays up front for Colombia. It's but what, what, where are we shopping for this striker? What level? Uh, that, that's it, that's that, that is the difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> Adult men's Burton's. <laughs> where are we shopping? Great, yeah, great cashmere in Burton's, by the way. Great cashmere. Yeah, very good. But I look, you're right. There, there is a difficulty in the level that we've got to go for because we need someone basically who's good enough to get us 20 goals a year, but not good enough that he's going to be pissed off playing second fiddle to exactly. Ronaldo. Yeah. Exactly. How do you find I think Jimenez in like the backup number nine position would be brilliant. A bit like how Liverpool have got Firmino and Jota that sort of mm. switch there, having him in there behind Ronaldo and then getting Darwin Nunes in, in as a young poacher, I think would be unreal business. I don't. Yeah. When there's no chance of all of that happening. What, what, what are you going to put as more important? Ten Hag apparently his priorities this summer are like I think it's two central midfielders, then signing a forward, and then signing a centre back. Is that the order you put it in, or are you going to say that the forward's more important than the centre back? What, what think, are you going for first? Hard to separate them now. It really yeah. is. I, mean, yeah. I said easily <clears throat> we're rubbish. CDM everybody. easily CDM, but now, well, I mean, it's wholesale change. I think it's a striker and CDM would be my first. Too, but think, then you think, okay, that's that leaves us with Harry Maguire. Yeah, I think basically. it's I think it's two midfield players, two midfield players, and one centre back. That's what we need urgently. If we're gonna, if we're gonna challenge for the top four, I think mm. we've got enough goals in the team with Sancho and Ronaldo and whoever else you want to throw up there. Mm, I've always said probably both midfielders. I mean, Jesus, it actually feels like United are genuinely going to sign midfielders this summer. Like we're actually going to have a midfield, which it's been a long, long painful argument really to get that which makes no sense do you think we're going to so, sign someone I mean look at no Garner coming back there's a discussion that is a discussion Garner. James Garner James. that's a good point yeah James Garner is obviously one promotion with Nottingham Forest thank you Matt do you want to leave the pod now yeah, so you, you're, you're outshining me here but um, there's questions about whether two things James Garner comes back in and becomes a midfielder for United or he goes out on loan back to Forest in the Premier League and plays for a year, considering he's only 21. What do you think? I mean, you can say, look, Camavinga, what is it, Foden's 21 now? Like, you look, he could do a job in this United team. He's not a defensive midfielder by any stretch of the imagination, right? He's more of like a a Fred-type role, if you want to call it that, but not particularly Fred-like either. I don't know a comparison to draw him to, but he's far more of a central midfielder going forward than he is a defensive midfielder. What would you do? Would you keep him at the club, Neil? Or would you... Would you let him spend a year? Because like, he's played fantastic at Forest this year, right? Yeah, I, to be honest, I thought of bringing him back until you said the other option. Then I instantly changed my mind, thinking that kind of would, <laughs> that would kind of suit actually getting a. But I don't know. Is it being a bit fearful of bringing in Ten Hag's all about youth, right? And that's a that's a that's a young player who is an exception. He's, he, he looks a bit like he looks a bit like De Jong. To be honest, he's that kind. It feels like that kind of player. You're right. He's not an out and out sort of defensive midfielder. He's sort of a, a playmaker from deep, it seems. And I think that is kind of, yeah. I mean, add him to the squad. Um, and so only if he's I'd... only if he's going to get playing time, though. Yeah, of course. But then, because how often really... do we do that? We bring players back from loan, and then they just and and that is they the end caveat, up leaving cause... the club two years later, and they never fill the. the, the how rotational is Ten Hag, by the way? Is he? Huh? How rotational is Ten Hag? Does he? I don't really understand. I don't really know that. Does he? I think. I, I think he's. He's quite. He's not like a Mourinho bloke where he plays the exact same level every single week. Right. Uh, if you look towards the end of Ajax's season, they well probably quite a lot of it was because of the injuries they had. Mm. He did rotate and he did switch out. Yeah. I think. I don't know whether James Garner would, it would be happy with the role he'd get at United next year, but, but I, I mean, suppose it depends on who we sign, right? You got to be, but that's your play way in. You know, it's again, it's it's, it's still it's it's Man United. You got to come in and you've got to. You've got to be very good, and you've got to. 
yeah, you can't just come in and be, that's the thing coming in just being guaranteed it. It's like, I can guarantee you're going to have a chance to play for the team and, and you've got to basically got to take your chances. That's, that's all you can really offer any, any player. Yeah, if everyone's being picked on form. Uh, I think, no, I think, I think bring him back. He, he looks. But I suppose it, good if he, I suppose we'll know from the preseason, right? We'll know from the preseason. Second? I'm saying we'll probably know from the preseason whether he's going to be in the squad or not, right? You I think guess. so? Yeah, I guess he's going to. Yeah, he's going to need to be in training, isn't he? I mean, look, mm. I tell you what, the summer's got the, the, the football's done now. There is no football. There's no more football for like what is it? I mean, you wait for Nations League. How crap is that, by the way? I didn't even realise it was on. Pointless, mate. Absolutely how can pointless. It, it's it's so ridiculous after the season that everyone's had, and it's been intense and insane. They're trying to kill. The, honestly, mate, they're trying to milk these players for every pound they're worth. Like. Just got to give them a break at some point. It's non-stop for some of these international players. I mean, what's you the point it? in this Nations League? You're like, let them have a summer. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's insane. So that's on. So I suppose we're going to be watching that. Well, we're not going to be watching that. But look, I'll, I'll wrap the pod up for this week. Um, otherwise, we'll probably start talk, talking more garbage. But I enjoyed that. That was, that was a good laugh. Thank you, lads. Thanks for joining in. Pleasure. Cheers, Sam. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, if, if you did enjoy it, make sure you follow the podcast wherever you listen to it, Spotify, Amazon or Apple. We'll be here next week. Hopefully, next week might be with Josh McLaren. I'm going to get him on at some point over the summer. It'll be nice to get some insight into what Steve's doing behind the scenes at the club. Uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and uh, we'll, we'll see you in the next one. Take it easy, everyone. Peace out. Bye. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The briefing room is for anyone who wants to understand the perspective of law enforcement. It's an opportunity for us to talk about what cops are doing out on the street from day to day, why cops do what they do, and also to discuss where cops go out of bounds. When we're out on patrol, when we go to a call, when we make a traffic stop, it's not always about enforcement. What we're doing with the briefing room is we're trying to educate the public. It's not about a lecture. It's, you probably didn't know this is why the police are doing this. And hopefully we can provide the answers to our listeners. The Briefing Room launches January 27th, wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.